swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control Issues! Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AM. Sorry. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a dash, not the word dash. Stop typing that in. I'm getting tired of the angry emails. Just use a hyphen. And then go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. At this point, you don't use the dash. You don't use the hype. You just put in Control Issues, and you get that. Um, also, go to twitch.tv slash Control Issues Pod, where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And also, hop on over to Twitter. My Control Issues is the handle. Let us know you're out there. AMC, how you living? I've uh, been all right. We've been, we've been off for two weeks. We missed a week. Um, I had a rough week last week. I was walking downstairs. I fell. My computer hit me in the face, split my lip open. Ugh. I had to go to the ER, sit in ER for five hours. Just <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> Literally, just bleeding. Just, they gave me some gauze, told me to go wait in the car because, you know, the Delta variant. And yeah. I just waited that shit out until a doctor saw me. Uh, bleeding out in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Trying not to go to sleep because I... Because I definitely hit the back of my head on the Ooh. stairs, and I was like, I, I I can't go to sleep as well until I get the CT scan. So yeah, it was a, it was a rough week. Yeah, it was a rough week. Uh, I had to get stitches. My lip was swollen as hell. Couldn't talk. Had to call off last week's episode, but got my stitches off this week. My lip is healing. I am back in business. A dub. How have you been? Chilling. You know, got a little little bump in my pay at work. So it's going to be more video games, more chilling, more relaxing, all cool. Uh, got a Manny Petty, treated myself. <laughs> you know how I do. How yeah, did, uh, did you watch uh, Suicide Squad? Watch Suicide Squad. How was I, it? I enjoyed it. It's definitely on the higher end of the DC movies. Still not, not great, but. Not, not at the uh, was it, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy level. Not entirely. However, you could see those influences and that framework in there, and it helps out the film tremendously because it just it it feels like a more polished quality experience than DC movies have felt like in the past. So, yeah, how did you you watch the first Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. So it was, this was was this heading shoulders above that at least? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very easily, like it. It, it does a lot of very cool things. It gives you exactly what you need from the characters. The the conflict and the pacing are all there. It's awesome. Uh, I honestly believe that DC would significantly benefit by allowing James Gunn to do everything and anything that he wants because he's 
clearly demonstrated that he has not necessarily a better understanding of DC and its characters than the other directors, but just a better understanding of how to make all that work within a film. Mm -hmm. So yeah, James Gunn, keep doing your thing, player. Hell yeah. How about video games, they dope? What you been playing? Oh, shit. Oh, I got <laughs> to tell. Well, because we, we had to take off the last week, you know, AMC was on the injured reserve. But we're back now. I can let y'all know that the Ascent on Xbox Series consoles has finally unlocked a dub waiting anxiously for this game in order to get into that isometric RPG cover-based shooting uh, cyberpunk <laughs> nonsense that's going on. Oh, man. It was it was everything that I had hoped for. So it's it definitely exceeded my expectations a little bit. I First and foremost, the visuals are outstanding, and it just kind of boggles your mind how something that highly detailed and visually dense could be the product of a team of about 11 or 12 people. Every time I'm sitting there playing the game, like 12 people made this. <laughs> Ridiculous. It, it, don't get me wrong. It, there are plenty of times where you're sitting there also feeling like, wow, 12 people made this. Because, <laughs> you know, they're like, uh, let me start with the bad stuff or just the stuff that I personally feel could have been done better. Like the transitions between areas, whether you're taking an elevator or you're using the taxi, it's just like, you know, you're on an elevator or you're on, a, on the metro. And instead of there being a loading screen, they put you in the train or they put you on the elevator and characters and things are popping in the whole time, like just gradually showing up. And then there's nothing to do there. You're just moving around. So it's like- There's, it's not, even like, there's not even like dialogue. Exactly. It's just an interactive loading screen. Like I, I wish they would put in like random scenarios with the NPCs that are playing out and you can kind of just, you know, spectate from the sidelines, play Hayden. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they got that going on. Uh, there, there are a handful of glitches, but that's that's nothing crazy. You know, sometimes an enemy will get stuck in the geometry and can't do anything, so you go there and just blow their ass up. Uh, for a while, I was having an issue where the game wasn't displaying my headgear. I would go back in the menu, press the right stick, headgear comes on. Get out the menu, get back in the game, my headgear is gone. Go back in the menu, press the right stick, headgear is back on. Go back out into the game, my headgear is gone. Uh, don't know how I got rid of that issue, but I managed to. I, I imagine I just restarted the game. But yeah, other than that, the core experience of running around the world, you know, getting your missions and your side missions, just shooting things, it's a highly enjoyable experience, especially once you get into using cover, you get into more hectic situations where melee enemies are running at you as ranged enemies are moving on various sides, trying to flank you, getting into cover. I, I like the, the added depth of using the high and the regular fire because normally you just run around, you're shooting at the hip, everything's fine. If an enemy gets behind an object, but they're still standing up, you can aim high and shoot over the cover. You can also do that if you're behind cover and need to shoot over it. So you can get to safety, 
still pick off enemies from afar. You're moving around. You got a crouch button so you can hide behind the cover and you don't get hit. And that slows you down. That's when melee enemies start moving in, trying to flush you out, but you take them out and you keep popping everybody else. You got a lot of different weapons to choose from. There's pistols, rifles, machine guns, shotguns, rocket launchers, RPG launchers. I think it's like a sniper rifle. It shoots energy rounds. Uh, you have all manner of augmentations, which modify some performance capability that you already have in the game. They're, they're kind of passive. But then you have two modules that you can equip, which give you expanded functionality. So for instance, I have the Hydraulic Slam, which is this amazing short range melee attack. So when I see a cluster of enemies, I'm just hitting them with that Hydraulic Slam send their bodies flaming and flying. It's awesome. It's a great way to finish off big enemies when they have just enough health left to take them out in one big move. And then for my second module, I usually switch it around. Right now I'm running with a, a mini turret that I throw out ahead of me. It sets up, it starts picking off enemies. I'm moving around, picking off the stragglers, flanking, coming out of cover, flushing people out. Uh, but sometimes, like, you can you can summon a minion, a ranged minion. There's a defensive minion. Uh, the big one I have is, is the spider bots, which they acquire targets, jump at them, and explode <laughs> for huge damage. It's quite the light show. And speaking of the light show, I mean, this game is quite the performer. It, the smoke effects, the particle effects, the lighting, all this stuff is just going on. There's seldom any kind of frame rate dips. The environments are a pleasure to look at, you know, despite everything looking very similar. I mean, you are in a cyberpunk city, but when you go to the different areas, things do look distinctly different from one another. There's plenty of armor. You you have upgrades, you're leveling up. So there's quite a bit there for people who enjoy these kind of experiences and I would recommend it. Wouldn't say highly. It's definitely an acquired taste and unless you're really into the core combat, it can kind of wear on you after a bit. Uh, it's not a particularly long game. I'm not done with it, but I'm moving steadily through it. There are difficulty spikes and somewhat unpredictable in a way because I got to what was probably the second boss encounter. The first time I go in there, they drop in three of these giant spider robots and I'm, I'm shooting at them like, okay, let's do this. Barely chipping off any health. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> Come back after I inevitably die. And it's just one of them. So I was like, what, were, what was the three about to begin with? Like, why did anyone think that was possible? And it took me several runs just to beat the one. I even looked it up online because it's like, Am I just in this encounter too early or am I just not fully embracing the mechanics of the game enough to perform at an optimal level? And it turns out that I not only was I the proper level, but I was about a level or two ahead. And I just I was approaching it correctly. I just wasn't being as efficient as possible. So ironed out the kinks, managed to beat that boss kept moving forward. You know, I don't know exactly where I am in the game now, but I'm, I'm getting to the point where other interested parties are getting involved and getting new side quests and areas are opening up. 
which will allow me to do some of the side quests that I've accumulated. You know, I got got a pretty dope rifle that shoots three round bursts with homing bullets. So I'm just very rarely am I missing my targets. You know, I'm doing all the side content I can before I do the main content just to make things a little easier on you, boy. Got some great armor, got some great augments, got some great modifications, tons of loot. I mean, tons of money, I should say. Loot is synonymous with money, but in this case, let's be more specific. Got tons of cash. Yeah, just enjoying my time with the game. But AMC, what have you played? Been putting in work on... Uh, <clears throat> well, actually, you know, I played a little bit of uh, Super Mario 3D World. Um, we uncovered another world within the game. <laughs> so like, right when we thought we were done, it's like, oh, there's another another like additional world in the game so that's great a ton of content in that game we haven't even made it to bowser's fury yet so we're playing that game for a minute now um but mainly i've been putting in the work theo's losing his mind i've been putting in the work on wizard of legend that roguelike that started playing about uh let's say about like two weeks ago maybe three weeks i'm not sure uh right before like the little hiatus and yeah the game's continuing to be awesome um what i love about this game is that one there are just so many spells and the game is all about one not only just um kind of getting good at the game and like learning about like the enemies like you know quirks and movements and attack types and things along those lines but then um figuring out like the the right uh loadout as you're heading into uh like into a run and so the loadouts work out in this way you get uh three spells basically you have a basic spell which is kind of like your melee spell and then you have a you have like um i guess a special attack and then you have we'll say a super attack um special attack super attack are very similar only difference is that the super attack you can get enhanced with um the signature ability that then unleashes like an overloaded attack of that super ability of that super attack so um which is absolutely awesome because when you unleash that signature um, attack, it's it just destroys everybody on the screen. Um, and so a, a lot of the game is you go on these runs. While you're on the run, you get these chaos gems. A lot of roguelikes work similar to this. There's the currency that you get within the run that you lose upon death. And then there's the currency that you take with you after you die to then spend at the uh, marketplace before your next run. And so uh, you'll buy, you'll get the chaos gems. You come back, you die. You go to the fair that um, that's like basically the the hub world before you go on a run. And you can purchase uh, you can purchase spells. On top of that, you can purchase different cloaks. And so like uh, they're not only um, cosmetic differences, which is basically just a different color, um, but they also have their own bonuses within them. And so you you kind of want to find the right loadout as far as the right cloak uh enhance with the with its own set of enhancements then spells on top of that and then the right basic attack so at this point i have a pretty good loadout i have um one of my attacks is like this basically focus water beam and what's great about it is it pushes enemies back and this game has a lot of ledges and so if you can hit them right uh you can all you can knock an enemy off a ledge and then just quickly defeat them and it's a it's, yes. a, it's an easy way to just knock out like a group of minions before taking on like you know the more elite style of um enemy type and then uh on top of that with the water push i have a uh oh i have like it's kind of like we'll say it's like the uh 
the fire um all you can <laughs> from street fighter but uh it has a, a wide area of effect and so basically how i use it is i use the water the water beam to push enemies away but as some get closer then i'll use that all you can to kind of clear out any enemies that are around me and it also pushes them back sets them on fire does a lot of things right and so uh I have a pretty good solid loadout there and at this point i'm kind of just focusing on one getting better with the runs and then just buying more spells to you know possibly have something better within the loadout because you know i'll go on a few runs where i buy a couple spells not really filling it and then i'll come across that one spell where it's like all right well now i gotta work this one in and that means one of these other ones has to go um at this point it took me forever to get past the um the first so there's as far as I understand, there's three worlds, uh, two levels within each world, and then there's, I guess, a final encounter. Have not made it to that final encounter. Uh, but the important thing here is it took me multiple days, if not a week, to get past the first world, which I know is like a thing um, with um, you know people discuss when it comes to, let's say, like Returnal or the games where it's like about like that first biome. I remember in Hades, it took me a few runs to get past that first boss because it's it's kind of the... Um, that first threshold point where you're seeing if you have like how much you've learned in the early phases of the games to really take on to really take with you then when the game starts to really ratchet up and with that what this game is as you get to each new world um the enemies then gain new attacks um are seem to be a little bit stronger and so you have to be you know you have to be a little bit more on your p's and q's when you when you come across those encounters so it took me forever to get past that first world but once i got past that first world then i was pretty much off and running i beat the second world and now at this point i can pretty consistently get to the third world and it is just a tough battle from there like um yeah it's really tough so yeah just putting in my work in that game loving it but a dub Let's get into these topics of the week. Topics of the week. All right. Um, you know, we're gonna keep it nice and short. I have a hard out, and so these will be these will be fun, quick stories. Cause you know, as you had mentioned in the pre-show, as I was doing like just my going through like my news aggregate ag- aggregator to see like all the, the gaming news, it was just all Activision Blizzard fans. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, and, you know, not to poke fun or make light of the situation, it's very serious. And, you know, just trying to see how the dust settles on all that before really digging in and making any kind of meaningful judgment. Yeah, I mean, right we now it's it. a mess. <laughs> yeah, we, we covered it in our last episode when California filed the suit. And so now at this point, a lot of it's um, either reactions from the employees there now now that they're starting to like organize they had their all their walkouts and stuff like that but it's also then it's just you're just hearing more and more of the um specific stories and, and none of it's good so i mean but the problem is it's also every company it seems like because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like ubisoft has their issues uh they're saying right games might get a, a, a suit filed against them also because they're also based in california um so you know it, it just seems like a lot of it's not just activision blizzard and so Unfortunately, it's sad at this point because it's uh, a lot of the companies have a lot of issues that need to be addressed in the world of gaming. Um, but, you know, you hit a certain point where you can't cover who's stepped down this week, who's gotten in trouble this week. Um, 
when it's just an ongoing story of just negativity is is pretty rough. So, you know, let's let's focus on the lighter side of gaming, the more positive side of gaming. And you know what? This will be a nice easy one. A dub, I'll start it off. Let's get into some numbers, and that will be the Nintendo Switch numbers, A dub. Oh. Yeah, so we're getting past the quarterly. So there's a lot of um numbers coming out of how you know how consoles are selling, how games are selling, and the Nintendo Switch A dub has passed the PS3 and the Xbox 360 in sales. The Nintendo Switch has shipped more than 89 million units, helping it pass the Xbox 360 and PS3 to become the seventh best-selling console of all time. Uh, so for those numbers... Up that top 10. Yeah, the uh, 360 sold 86 million units, while the PS3 sold 87.4 million units. Um the Nintendo Switch is still behind the Wii U. No, not the Wii U. It is sur- surpassed the Wii U by far. It is behind the Wii, uh, which is the best-selling Nintendo console of all time, at 101.63 million units. And it is far from the greatest-selling console of all time, that being the PS2, which has sold 155 million units. Um so yeah, hey, actually, A-Dub, you have some numbers as well. Do you want to just take over with the next topic of the week? Top, top, top topic of the week. week? Yes. So we got some interesting news coming from that Sony Studio House PS5. Passes 10 million units sold. It's a milestone. Letting y'all know the newest game console surpassed the milestone on July 18th. And the hardware continues to outpace PS4 in terms of sales in the same period of its life cycle. So. Yes, PS5s are moving. They're not just sitting in scalpers' basements, gathering dust, waiting for the highest bidder. They're out there. They're in the wild. And we know this because games are also selling. What we know is that Ratchet has already sold over 1.1 million copies. What we also know, Housemarque's Returnal has moved over 560,000 copies doesn't sound like much but when you consider that it's a small game it's a difficult game it was a somewhat divisive game that's quite a bit amc how do you feel about this news uh the big one being so the playstation 5 sold 10 million units and you know i think we've discussed this in like previous troll of the weeks where people will say like yeah but nobody owns a ps5 but no one has one <laughs> and uh i believe this was in the article because um i believe it originated in venture beat and uh or gamesindustry.biz and in the article the executive from sony was saying that the um the numbers the metadata on um the amount of hours played the engagement is actually uh higher than the ps4 at this point um, I believe by double-digit figures is what they're saying, uh, double-digit percentage. Um, so it's showing that people are engaging with their PS5s, which would then kind of poo-poo the thought that they're just PlayStation 5s just sitting in somebody's garage and they're all none of them are being played. Nobody own, really owns them. It's just yeah. all going to scalpers. Like yeah. the, the numbers are all showing behind it, like in the metadata that there's actually more engagement with the PS5 than there was uh, with the PS4 at this time at launch. So uh, people are loving them. People are playing them. Even if they're, say, only playing PS4 games, they're still enjoying playing on these better consoles. But as you said, as you pointed out, 6.5 million copies of Spider-Man Miles Morales is really is doing really well. Um, I believe uh, 
MLB the show uh, has sold uh, 2 million copies, even though they, I believe the, the full number is around, they have 4 million, but they chalk up 2 million to game pass. And then the other 2 million are actually sold units. Ah, that makes sense. Cause I was looking at that. That made no sense at all. Are people just sharing their games in our game? <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah um i mean it's great though let's see especially to see uh ratchet and cling already pushing one million units uh i know people are trying to say like one the price also two the length of the game but you still see units are moving people are playing it so that's uh i'm sure that's a, a big boost for uh sony um and yeah i mean how do you what do you think about the whole thing with um returnal sales numbers and how people decide to take that number well <laughs> before we get into what i think <laughs> let's get into what some other very well-informed well-adjusted individuals think in this week's Chola so when this news broke of course people couldn't wait to jump on anything that they could perceive negative or you know just anything they could construe negative about Returnal because people seem to have a hate boner for Housemark and Returnal because there's no save points <laughs> but yeah first troll says not good at all 560,000 copies is approaching commercial failure territory next troll says I would have bought it, except I needed a stronger stomach due to the butt-ugly main character. Next troll says, LOL, what a massive flop. Would have been a perfect Game Pass game, though. <laughs> uh, next troll has a, has a call and a response. Uh, the, the call is, how fast can the Sony Defense Force hear non-worshipping comments become unreasonably furious, mobilize, and overreact? The response, turns out that the Sony Defense Force can materialize to defend any and all Sony and PlayStation-related discussions even faster than police appear in Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> so just a little... Little backstory there in this particular thread. Somebody's trying to spin this as a negative that Returnal has only moved 560,000 copies. So, of course, there are some people with some actual sense all over the thread, like, yo, there are only 10 million PS5s out there, and this moved over half a million copies. That's a 5% attach rate, which is incredibly good, especially for a game that's this small that has this low of a budget, and that is difficult while also not having a save feature or an easy mode, which are things that people seem to be leaning on now more than ever. So, of course, people talking sense is going to be met with people calling them fanboys, calling them some defense force, calling them ponies, yada, 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 Magna Stallion, I see you. Next troll says, even if they made Returnal free at this point, I doubt it would help much. Yeah, it wouldn't help at all because it'd be free, idiot. <laughs> Next troll says, Returnal has objective deal-breaking flaws. Most of them are irredeemable. That 100% justify its sales performance and its refundal status. <laughs> nice little play on words there. Uh, yeah, just going back to the explanation of the Sony Defense Force trolling. 
it sold 560,000 copies to an install base of 10 million. That's a 5% attach rate. Further, it was a $70 game. This is information that Housemark didn't even know about until the entire world found out about it. So normally, Housemark, their games are between, what, $20, $40 at the most? So in that respect, if Returnal moved these kind of units at those lower prices, it might have flopped. However, it was moving units at 70 bucks, 60 bucks, 50 at the lowest. So let's just say on average, maybe $60. At 560,000 units, that's a little over 30 million bucks. I don't know how much Returnal costs to make, but I highly doubt it costs as much as, say, Uncharted, which routinely clocks in at about between 20 to 40 million bucks to develop. I'd be very surprised if Returnal costs more than $20 million to develop. And if it hit at that weight, then it's a huge success. People got to remember, these are smaller games. They have smaller studios. They have lower budgets. So you don't need to sell a million copies to be successful with a game that costs a fraction of what a normal AAA title does. And also people get a little caught up on the visuals and the presentation of Returnal. So yeah, it has that AAA level of polish and presentation. However, it's not a AAA game. So it doesn't have a AAA budget, which means it has a higher profit margin, which means it can sell fewer copies and still turn a profit. Get off your high horse. Next troll says, the people who actually play roguelikes know Returnal is an overpriced, mediocre one. Well, A-Dub plays roguelikes. AMC, he plays roguelikes. AMC, is Returnal overpriced and mediocre? I haven't played it, so I couldn't say if it's mediocre, but yeah, this whole idea of games being overpriced, it's, uh, it's really up to you i mean you find your own value in it people say the game apparently is too long so i understand how it's overpriced too long um, and the same people turn around and complain because it could be completed in six hours yeah exactly um so yeah it's uh i think it's just depends on where you stand as far as if you can handle like basically wanting to put in the effort to for lack of a better term, get better at a video game. Um, it seems like anybody who's had, yeah, anybody who's had an issue with this game is, it seems to be they get caught up on that first biome, and once they get past it, either they're done with the game or they're willing to push forward, but then they're begrudgingly pushing forward, and that's like forgetting all the people that just enjoy playing the video game for what it is. But I think a big part is everybody who plays it seems to say like, "I'm enjoying the gameplay." It's just this, this, and this that I don't like about it. And all those things that you don't like about the game are very specific to roguelikes, which I guess my question is then, what are you doing within the genre? If you don't like these specific things, you totally don't have to play those games. Um, and then if your argument is, well, I don't like these style of games, then it's like, well, what type of game do you want Returnal to make? Because, or not Returnal, Housemark to make, because you weren't buying all their previous games. And so are you just complaining that, you don't like Housemark's games? Are you saying that you want Housemark to make the state the same style of games that Sony's been making that you complain about, which are movie games, third person, uh, over the shoulder mm. with a that I feel like a movie, like like all that bullshit? So I don't know. It's um, 
I think people are just finding something to complain about, but they don't really they don't really know what their big gripe is. It's just they're all upset about games being seventy dollars, and so let's just find something to to say why we don't like games that are seventy dollars. I think we're heading that way. I think games are just going to be seventy dollars. I believe there's like I've I've heard more and more stories about how development costs are only going up. And so even at some point, $70 isn't even going to be enough to cover that. <laughs> um, I almost look at it as like $70 is kind of the price tag you're going pl- to pay if you want to get a game at launch, because as we've seen, Returnal's already been discounted at this point. So all you had to do was wait maybe a, a month or two, and you could have got the game for a slightly cheaper. Um, <laughs> so it's just that $70 thing is just something for people to bitch about. But I think it, it doesn't really, you know, hold any weight in from my eyes hey we were talking in the pre-show i think another valuable point you brought up is that a lot of people are just hating on returnal simply because not only don't they like roguelikes but they're hoping to discourage other developers from ever making another (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like a lot of the hate is just misguided white noise that people are hoping is going to influence developers like hey maybe we shouldn't do these mechanics maybe we shouldn't do this thing because people are just going to hate it online however when a game is successful and sony has gone on record as saying that returnal is in fact successful something else we did in the pre-show was that we looked up some of housemark's previous games and while we couldn't find sales figures for some of their more recent ones, we did find a number for Super Stardust HD, which is arguably one of their most well-received and beloved games ever made. Super Stardust HD moved about 400,000 units over the course of three years. So Returnal, in the course of, what, a month or two, has moved 40% more than that and at a higher price point. So by all metrics and measures, it seems like Returnal has resonated with the people who are going to be interested in that kind of game from Housemark, and it has also just sold more than anything that Housemark has put out before. So they're succeeding. Sony wouldn't have acquired a studio that put out a commercial flop, and yeah, I don't understand what this disconnect is about. It just looks like there's this negativity agenda of people who don't like the way main characters look or don't like that a game is difficult or lacks difficulty modes it's it's baffling it's mystifying yeah i would would like almost say like some of this could just be chalked up to the, the timing of when this game was released um in that like people are if you look at it like just the um kind of like yeah if you're just like doing a temperature check on like just this launch of this current generation uh, or next generation, whatever, PS5. There's been a lot of complaints about like, you know, exclusives, first party exclusives, yada, yada. Where's the big game? Like, and you know, like the stories that the rumors about games, the big, the big titles getting delayed, like um, with like God of War and Horizon, as far as, you know, the rumors around that. And there's a big cinematic third person over the shoulder game that I'm going to hate next. Exactly. And so I think because we haven't gotten that game yet, people are just looking at, well, what can we just hate on 
at this very moment. Yeah. And so it's it's going to be Returnal because it's almost like in a way it's we have Returnal, but we don't have this. And so we're going to shit on Returnal and hold it up in the air as a way of saying, like, you gave us this but where is this game that we really want? And I think until that happens, people are just going to find, you know, something to complain about when it comes to PlayStation until they get that one big game that then kind of, you know, silences the critics for the most part. And so I think Returnal is unfairly getting judged. Like it'd be like if they released Concrete Genie right now and people are like, this is the state of Sony gaming. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 this is just a different game that they decided to put out. But because you don't have anything else to play on top of it in comparison, by comparison, I think they're just using this now as this is all Sony has to offer and we're upset about it. And that that's like, I think another big point here. Sony puts out a bunch of open world, third person cinematic games. Sony only knows how to make one game. They put out something different. Why are you putting this out? Where's the one game you know how to make? <laughs> Where's the trace? Oh man, it's, it's hilarious to me. It's, it's even more hilarious to me because it's almost guaranteed that Returnal is showing up in Game of the Year nominations <laughs> and probably has a good chance of winning now that, you know, it's it's possible that certain big games are getting pushed. You know, we here at Control Issues don't like to indulge in rumors and suggestions and insider news. But, you know, it's it's looking like some stuff's moving out of the 2021 window. We'll talk about that when it becomes more official. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much even though it launched in fall it's a launch year of a video game system and as we saw what was it with the the ps3 or the ps4 like you're seeing like is it shadows of wardor up against the dragon age inquisition in that first year and um i don't think people would consider those games to be the best games of that generation but it's, it's those games you get within that launch year and yeah as you pointed out what is what's blowing people's socks off right now yeah like I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if game of the year came down to Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, Death's Door, and The Ascent. Yeah. <laughs> and then though because of that, it'll be those people, is it like Last of Us where it's like, well, anything but Returnal is what's gonna happen. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. And then everybody's gonna vote for, for Ratchet. Just yeah. just the hate vote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's um yeah, it's just looking like that. It's gonna be one of those years and yeah, deal with it. <laughs> Straight up. Last Troll says, get woke, go broke. So is this a woke game? I know I know you said people have called well, it, it a grand, it, a grand it has game. A, it has an unattractive female lead. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes it woke. Uh-huh. That's the only thing that makes it woke. And it, it's not even that serious. So people are just... Like you said, it's... It's a it's a community of hatred that is descending into the depths, grasping at everything they can possibly get their hands on on the way down, just trying to slow their fall. And it's it's not working. I'm glad more people are becoming more cognizant of this misguided nonsense and are simply brushing it off as misguided nonsense. I'm seeing a lot of people get put on ignore list. <laughs> so it's I hope that the great reckoning for the trolling community is on the horizon. It's been long overdue. And, you know, we already have developers that simply aren't listening to that feedback anymore. 
back in the last generation or two when it had its strongest voice that was back when you know kill zone the shooting mechanics were changed and in what i think uh infamous and infamous too like they showed an image of the main character he had hair and people were like no he shouldn't have hair and they got rid of his hair it's like bring back old Cole. At first people hated on old Cole. Like, oh, he's just another grizzled white guy with a gruff voice. And then they changed it to a more Nathan Drake-esque kind of character. Like, well, where's old Cole? So all that flip-flopping eventually became a little too much. So yeah, glad that developers are wising up. Glad that people on message board communities are wising up. Just, we got to let these people just die their their cowardly death and go back to talking about games in an objective, substantive manner. All I got to say is quit your belly bitching. Get off your high horse. Get off your soapbox. Go play something you enjoy. Quit talking about stuff that you probably haven't even played a day in your life. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Um, let's see. Let's let's stick with this on PlayStation video games. Um, this being an update for Kenna, Bridge oh. of Spirits A Oh, I can't wait! Yeah. By way of Eurogamer, Ember Labs action adventure title, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, has been delayed. God damn it. Once again. <laughs> With the game now due to release on the 21st of September. Uh, let's see. Kenna Bridge of Spirits was originally due to release in late 2020, but was delayed until Q1 2021, then to August 2021. Due to the team having to transition to working from home during the COVID-19 pandemic, the latest delay sees the game's release pushed back by a month. So that's unfortunate. It's only a month though, so not the biggest delay we've seen is, you know, those those one month delays typically are polishing this, ironing out this one issue, and we'll have the game good to go. Um where where is your uh, hype level for Kenner Bridge of Spirits AJ? Somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. It, uh, the production value and the visual quality are definitely there. I'm a little put off by a few of the animations, but whatever, that's something that I can get over. Ultimately, it looks like it has a decent amount of content, loads of charm. Uh, the cutscenes are almost just feature film quality. So ultimately, I'm very excited to see what Kenneth Bridge of Spirits is going to shape up to be when it gets its full release. And I want to see how it's going to be received critically because it, it's a very... It's very endearing and charming title, and I hope it does well. AMC, how do you feel about it? Yeah, um, it's one of those games uh, that I've heard people say, like, I don't need to see more of it. Um, I'm already on board. Um, when I first saw it, I was definitely like, oh, this game looks pretty sweet. Um, I like that action-adventure feel, but with like a little bit of Pikmin mixed in it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it looks pretty dope. Um, it is one of those games that I am also going to wait and see. I want to hear the positive things about it. Like, you know, obviously, as I said in the previous weeks, I've learned to basically just ignore any type of negativity when it comes to a game and focus on what's 
what the people who are enjoying the game what they like about it because it now give me an idea of what i would actually like about the game because typically when it comes to negative negative like viewpoints on video games it's very subjective what might bother somebody else will probably not bother me but um typically what people like about a game uh translates to what i'll like about it and so um i do want to hear when it comes to the, the positive remarks what they enjoy what um draws people in and kind of what keeps people going within the gameplay loop of it because it does have all the charm of the world as you mentioned now it's just more of um how the actual game will play the the flow of the game and kind of just how the progression will play out um so yeah um it's a game that i'm looking forward to uh and now coming out in september i'm not really sure what's coming out around that time but we're inching towards fall but as as you mentioned there's there are games that can be delayed who knows and who knows what will be available around that time so that might be the game that will fill that that fall void for me um let's keep it moving though a dub in the next topic of the week top topic of the week uh let's stay with sony on this one this coming by way of ghost of tsushima a dub so coming from the PlayStation blog, we got an announcement that Ghost of Tsushima Legends will be going standalone. But oh. not only will it be going standalone, they'll be getting a new mode. God damn. Yes, sir. So Ghost Still Tsushima. haven't even played the first mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, need Ghost to though. Like I want to do it. It's just Ghost of Tsushima is a mind state. It, it's I was in it for a good 40 plus hours. It was phenomenal. I love the experience, but it's it's going to take some time to get back into that. I imagine that if I ever turn that game back on and walk up on somebody with my sword out, I'm probably going to get cut in the face. Yeah, I mean, how are you in general when it comes to, you know, beating a game and then like DLC added content comes out? Um, do you, are, is, that, is that something that you usually get drawn back to towards a game or is that something that's like? Uh, like it's cool, but I probably won't get back to that in general. I mean, it piques my interest and occasionally I do purchase the content. Like for instance, Borderlands 3, I love the hell out of that game. I played multiple characters. I played multiple runs with those multiple characters. And I even bought the season pass, which gave me all of the additional, like the, the season one season pass. I believe there's a season two season pass with the director's cut and all that stuff. But insofar as the content I got with the original season pass, I've done none of that. <laughs> and I still, I still occasionally play the game, but I'm, I have my own single minded goals, which consist of, I want to take each character class through the game, get to mayhem mode, and then in true Vault Hunter mode, and then I'll start dealing with all the DLC and things like that. However, it's just it just takes so long to do all that that I never get to the DLC. There are other games, there are the occasional games that I love so much that I do get their DLC. Like I didn't get I didn't get the what I don't even know what it was called, but there was like a vampire Halloween DLC for Infamous 2, and that's one of my favorite games of all time. Mm -hmm. Never got that. However, Infamous Second Son, I got the first light standalone DLC, beat that. I bought Undead Nightmare for Red Dead 2, played it for about an hour, uh, not Red Dead 2, but the original Red Dead Redemption, and played that for about an hour, never touched it again. Uh, I got 
all the DLCs for Fallout 3 played through all of them front to back, despite the gradually declining performance of the title as I did it. I mean, I was at a point where the game was moving at like six frames per second, but I was still pushing through it and got all that stuff done. Got all the DLC for Fallout 4, haven't touched a lick of it. So it it depends. How about yourself? Yeah, I rarely um, get back to a game. And so if anything, just by the nature of how I play games, I typically don't get them at launch. And so, yeah, like you look at um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, they When I bought it, they didn't have the Yuffie DLC, but I haven't touched it yet. And so by the time I play it, which probably be after I beat um, Wizard of Legend, that Yuffie DLC will be out. I believe the PlayStation 5 updates will be out as well. And so more than likely, I'll buy it. And then so I can just play it all in one experience. So it's uh, very much um, kind of similar to you. Uh, for me, it's just harder to get me back to something once I've moved on because there are just so many like new games. And every time I hear somebody just talk about a game, it starts to like get my interest like fuck i gotta play this like i gotta play this game i gotta play this game and then i'll end up like if i get to a point where like i gotta play it but i know i can't play it right now it ends up in the backlog and then unfortunately then it comes to a point where something will come out and it's like well i have these games in the backlog i gotta get to these first and so it's very hard at that point with just the amount of content out there to find a reason to go back for you know like some dlc or like a mode um and so yeah it's uh it's very much like if to equate it to like watching tv shows especially anime if i'm trying to watch a ton of shows i'll skip through the filler episodes only watch the canon if i have time and i'm really enjoying it like you know like my hero academia they do a really good job with the filler content i'll actually go through that and enjoy all of that but a lot of times like if I if I get to a filler episode and I know that this isn't pushing the narrative at all, I'm I'm skipping right through it. And so that's that's pretty much like how I am with uh, video games. It's all a matter of like time and also just interest at that point, depending on what's lined up next for me. There's no filler in my hero academia. Yeah, <laughs> all of it's important. <laughs> I know it's all it's all awesome, isn't it? It's all awesome. Oh my God, season five is hidden right now <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, let's get into the quick details of the ghost of tsushima so ghost of tsushima uh, in arrivals mode two teams of two will compete to defeat waves of enemies i did not take down any of the other content that's within there i know there's a survival mode uh, so what's going to happen is as you defeat the enemies they're going to drop magatama which can then be used to attack the rival team so imagine something like Tetris 99 (laughs) or Pac-Man 99 where you're you're doing your thing on your screen but then you can antagonize the other characters on the other screen so spending Magatama on shades will block your rival team from making purchases while buying curses will drain rivals health and make bodies explode spending enough Magatama triggers the final stand wave of enemies and defeating them before your rivals will win you the match it sounds a lot like Destiny's 2 Gambit mode, which is certainly no bad thing. Uh, there's going to be a whole new set of trophies. It's going to be cosmetics to unlocked. Uh, rivals, uh, joining rivals is a new gear mastery system, and that expands on Legends' current progression system. Players who have earned gear level 
or earn gear at level 110 can now bind it to a class and activate mastery challenges, which will allow you to boost it to level 120 and unlock a second perk slot. A new ability and technique is also available for each class. That sounds awesome. I uh, <laughs> like I didn't I didn't even know about like the gear levels and all that stuff. Yeah. So, sounds kind of like a live service game, eh? <laughs> yeah. And be- and before this goes down, there will be an update on August twentieth that provides changes based on community feedback. So they're going to rebalance survival mode. The the sessions are going to be shorter, and there's going to be a new weekly survival nightmare challenge variant. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And I haven't heard uh, any negativity around this Legends mode, so to see that they're continuing to support this, I, I believe it's great. It's, uh, it's a good way to keep the game going without having to, you know, focus on, like, creating a ton of content for one big DLC that people are going to complain about, the price point. <laughs> oh, I, I've heard some negativity about, about this news. <laughs> Legends is fun, but it's not 1999 fun. <laughs> You'll get burned out pretty fast, and there's not enough content to warrant a separate release. It, this in light of the news that they're adding a bunch of new content. So, whatever. Uh, let's see if I got some more negativity. Sony be Sony and milking their fan base for all it's worth. <laughs> By the way, if they, when Ghost of Tsushima 2 comes out and there's no Legends mode, people are going to be like, well, what about the value? <laughs> Where's the value from the first game? I want my Legends mode. Yeah. Uh, Where's my multiplayer? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Let's get to the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. This is just a quick one. This is for the folks who are still sitting on the sidelines waiting until they can get their PS5 and get in the game. Sony says it can now reach their goal of 22 million PS5 sales without shortages. Uh, They managed to secure a whole bunch of chips and they're gonna be able to manufacture more PS5s with that. So that's gonna be what, 11, 12 million more satisfied customers by their fiscal year end in March, 2022. AMC, how do you feel about there's going to be more people, more potential buyers of Returnal. I think units might go up. <laughs> you think it's going to go up in proportion of sales? I think it's going to go up in proportion of sales. Uh, yeah, because a lot of people are going to be buying, buying PlayStations. They're going to be looking for games to play. And then they're going to be like, shit, I see this game called Returnal out there. I heard it's got great gameplay. I got all the time in the world. I don't have kids. <laughs> so interesting question that I just thought of. At what sales milestone will Sony achieve, do you think, will, like, everybody online will have their PS5s and will stop complaining? Uh, I would say, I would definitely say by next year, people are going to stop complaining about, uh, you know, the lack of uh, hardware being available, Uh, especially with the, uh, you know, with the digital and like the, the disc-based versions out there, there's just so many options, and um, yeah, I think I think by by next year we're not going to hear people complain about it. Right now, we're still within the first year, so people are upset. It's also just something to talk about. I think in general, there's just a lot of talk about uh, you know, like scalpers, and so it's a, it's a topic that won't go away in general because people just they have to update the model of how to get like you know 
products out there with uh, people trying to just, you know, sell everything in the aftermarket. Uh, and so, yeah, I think we'll hear about it until next year. And I think by next year, we'll have moved on. We'll be talking about God of War, Horizon, and all that good stuff. But um, as of right now, it's the first year. So it's all the uh, console launch stuff. Once we're out, basically, once we're outside the console launch window, which I feel like we're still in, uh, people are going to stop complaining about it. How about yourself? I think at... <laughs> I think at the worst, maybe the 40 million mark. I'm thinking 40 million PS5 sold. That's when everybody online has managed to find their console and can then focus on complaining about the games instead of their inability to get a console. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be, the thing is you have to account for there's a delay where there's going to be a delay where people still have consoles where everybody has consoles who are still complaining about the scalpers yeah so that that's going to happen it's going to there's going to be a a delay with that but then eventually people are going to realize like we're complaining yet we all have the consoles so why are we all complaining and then absolutely die out (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, you you have any other stories they do um tapped out buddy all right do you have any final words before we get out of here uh, do I have any final words? I don't think I have any final words. You know, I got, I got Hades pre-ordered. I bought Death's Door because, you know, and I bought it at full price. Could have got it on sale when it came out day one, but I decided not to do that since I was doing my grown man thing. Then thought about it some more, decided, you know what, even if I'm not going to play this game for several months, I still want to support it in its, in the, in its infancy to send the signal that these are the kind of games I want to see. This is the kind of stuff I want to support. So, you know, sometimes you got to bite the bullet for the greater good. And I think that's a metaphor for life because there are a lot of bullets that people aren't biting right now. And it's making everything bad for everyone else as we backslide on these regulations and these guidelines and the things that we're able to do without wearing a face covering. So bite your bullet, help get us back to normal life we had it for like two whole weeks (laughs) and now we're back to bullshit but that's just me being angry griping overall best time in any time ever to be a gamer there is nothing anyone could rationally complain about because if you don't like something you could just play something else go to a different platform or develop a whole new hobby of which there are numerous so Stop your belly bitching. Go have some fun. Have a drink. Relax. This is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is Control. We are Control. Thanks for playing. Suck it. Suck it.